a new year we're gonna allow you guys to do one thing or two really? nowadays oh man. yeah well here's the end of the show guys we're done <laughs> <laughs> hey man you gonna apologize for saying we're all from ethiopia no i had many people supporting me on that love it never back down never back down welcome back to the men on the internet podcast my name is kerbin johnston i'm sunil we got sam o barrett right here now today is january 2nd it's a new day. It's a new year. Happy New Year to everybody. Welcome to 2023. What y'all got planned, man? Yo, this is the year of building. Mm. Even more. You building a house? No. Okay. We're just building that, building that wealth. Yep. Building that on multiple levels, spiritual wealth, financial wealth. And this year we hit fitness goals. I'll be seeing you in the gym. Thanks, bro. And how do you feel? You know, I feel better. Okay. I know my stamina's up. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I just need to um, drop some weight. I'm getting stronger, though. Okay. You know? So you got to do more cardio. Yeah. And you yeah, got to no, lower like how much you eat. Cardio. Yeah. Less than how much you eat. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Sam? I got a new strategy. I'm not... I'm not looking at time as like years and shit. I'm not like it's 2023, mm-hmm. new me. I'm like it's just another day. Got to keep going. Okay. So do you you ain't got no goals then, huh? I get the same goals <laughs> I've always had. Here's the thing: like I've like always been doing good, so it's like I can't get the most achievement or most improved trophy ever. I'm Oof. constantly doing good, mm. so it's like what's changed? Yeah. No, I understand that. You understand. Because every time I look at you, I'm like, dang, he's better than he was last time. But I'm, am I? I'm just always perpetually doing good. Baseline is always good. Yeah, this sounds terrible. <laughs> Can't complain. <laughs> um, I, I support that. I support that. What about you, Big Kelby? Hey, by the way, 2022 was a very process. You're one of my friends that it de- I feel like if I had to rate my friends that did the best last year that I most happy for the glow up mm-hmm. you you at the top of that list man that's because you see me in my h&m jackets <laughs> and you think i'm doing good nah, I, I bought them for 38 I, I bought them for 38 hours well i'll tell you that hey ballers okay. on a budget still are ballers listen man i appreciate that 2022 was a good year there was a lot of work um but you know what what i will say about good years is i don't want to put too much emphasis on great years only because um i be seeing companies now going through the regression period Mm. right and it's like let's say 2020 was a baller year everybody made money it was great for companies that did do that uh and then now they like Yo, we might be getting delisted <laughs> from that. You know what I mean? So I kind of want to adopt that like gradual growth. growth mindset where it's like, and then I also like don't want to have a great, great, great year. And then the years after that are not that good. And then I'm stuck in that year. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I think it's more focused on having like the right uh, formula, right? You have to have the right process because mm-hmm. if it's the right process, that you can sustain success with, mm-hmm. 
that's what's more important. And that's what I that's what I mean by like with you because I know a couple years ago you know what I mean? No, like, yeah, it's it. Conversations were different. It, yeah, yeah, it is. You know, and there's still a lot of the same frustrations, but I'm happy to be here. Right. Um, I think right now, um, I I want to get to the next level of life. I want to be debt free. Mm. You know, that I want to be debt free. That's one of my biggest goals. After that, I want to just, I mean, hit yeah. Egypt up with a baddie. You know, but the same baddie. Oh, okay. <laughs> the same. I want to go to different places with the same person. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the the street life, it it's a wrap for that. Yo, dating is terrible. Dating is terrible. Let's go ahead and start with that. <laughs> <laughs> dating is terrible. Um, so tell me more about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's I, so. I just don't remember dating being as tedious as as it had, as it was when I was younger. Maybe it was because you know, obviously, you're looking for different things when you're younger, and uh, you know, there's there's more opportunity. I think when you're younger, as you get older, I don't know. It's harder to meet people. Like I don't just meet random people anymore. You know, I don't just go out to random places. Like the mm-hmm. places that I'm going out with are you know, with friends and I'm just focused on like building the relationship with the friends or mm-hmm. dates. You can't hit on other people when you're out there with somebody else. You know, I mean, but you can, you can, but I don't know if that's the successful way of, uh, I mean, th- then I'm included in dating is trash at that point. Well, dating is different than what it used to be. Right. You know, uh, how you meet people is different than what it used to be. Nowadays, if you don't meet somebody on an app, mm-hmm. like how did you meet them? I be seeing some people at the gym that the old school me would walk right on up to them. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, uh, I like that color on you. You know, um, I can't even squat that much. I can't though. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, uh, and then I would have, I would have got the number. Nowadays, I'm scared. I'm like, oh no, nah, I don't want to do that. Let me just step away. Let me do. A, let me just. Yeah. If I don't meet you on Hinge. Yeah. It's a, I don't want to do it. You know, and I think the, I think I was trying to figure out because it's a common trend. Like even the girls that I'm talking to on these dating apps, they're saying dating is trash. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't really have bad dates anymore. Like, because mm-hmm. I think we've worked on thinking about the screening process, mm-hmm. making sure all that kind of stuff. But everybody has like terrible dating stories, or you know, it's like a waste of time and all this kind of stuff. And I think it's because before you never started at zero when you dated mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is like you know if you meet somebody in college or you meet somebody from down the street or you meet somebody from your neighborhood like there's a some kind of understanding of who this person is like there's you know there's a reason why you like them versus just rather than just straight superficial like you knew something about them you knew their friends you knew their mm-hmm. family you knew like where they work all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. now when you're meeting people off of these apps or all that kind of stuff like it's like you know absolutely nothing. So you're starting from like the scratch. Yeah, I've been on three days with people, not even done, not even know their last name. You know what's crazy about that? It actually makes you kind of want to fight for old relationships. Yeah. It doesn't that, like if you if you're like all right, I already know this devil. It's it's about the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Right. And you're like, I already know she got a drinking problem. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so uh, yeah, uh, 
I mean, listen, man. I like a good cocktail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, yeah. versus some girl that. I mean, listen. Oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. Good uh, segue. Good segue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right then, um, that's not what. We, yeah, not for so. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so Sam, <laughs> how's it for you, champ? Not dating at all. Still got a girlfriend. Nah, you got a date her still though. Nah, I I take her out when I want to. Come on, I, come on, King. I, I Toxic promised, King. I promised to take her bowling last weekend for New Year's, and I forgot. I was like, I got you next year, next weekend, next year, next year, <laughs> next New Year. That's a true man right there. Yeah. White Kevin Samuels. Ooh. Uh, no, Kevin Samuels was way worse, and I, I couldn't do that. Yeah, do you think yeah, Kevin yeah. Samuels was ball? He was um, toxic. Toxic? Yeah. No, no, no. It's like he, like he, he said things. I was like, man, I wish I could get away with that, but that's true. It like, was just the clips. It was, it was just a clip. I heard a video of him earlier today. I was like, man, he'd be speaking the truth. Yeah, in context, his stuff. And you know what's funny is like women that listen to him in context, not mm-hmm. just the clips. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he, he makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because it's not just to women. He talks to men too. Like, you got to get your shit together. Yeah. Like, um, you can't just be out here unvaluable and expecting that women are going to treat you a certain way. If you can't Facts. provide for them, if you don't look a certain way, if you don't like... You know, like you can, you can't expect respect if there's nothing to respect about you. I feel that. Okay, so now we, we we can go two different ways with this right now. We can go Megan and Tori, or we could go Andrew Tate and his brother. I can do Andrew Tate right now if you want. Ah uh, man, man. top G himself. Top G. top G of the pod. Top G of everything. Uh, okay, give it to us, Sam. Well, I like Andrew Tate. I ain't afraid to admit it. I think he makes a lot of sense. He says some, like, goofy shit sometimes where it's like, is he kidding? Who cares? Like, it's not that crazy. Like, I've, I've said quotes <laughs> to my mom about him, and she's like, oh, okay, he's, he seems funny, or she, he seems nice, or, or, or whatever. And I see mom, like, yeah, that, my mom likes him. That's what I tell people. <laughs> but I, I think him getting arrested was, like, all part of a kind of a big conspiracy. Like, they don't like him. They, they, don't, they don't want him on there. They've all, like, canceled him once off everything. Like, even the Taliban didn't get to cancel off everything. Or Epstein. Like, they wanted him gone. Hold on now. I, I need to ask this question. Because as a person who doesn't really watch that stuff, I, I've only seen a few clips of Kevin Samuels. I've only seen a few clips of Andrew Tate. What is this Matrix? What is the Matrix, and why are they out to get him? So, it's bas- have you seen the Matrix movies? Yes. So, it's basically, as you see it in the movies, they talk about, like, you're stuck in this thing of, like, it's not just all terrible. There's sprinklings of good in there, but that's only to keep you tame. Keep you like, oh, there's hope. Oh, they won't just absolutely destroy destroy themselves from the, the inside. Like, they explain in the movies, like, oh, Neil, you're not special. Like, you are, uh, you have a purpose, because if there was no hope at all, the Matrix would just collapse on itself. So he's trying to tell people, break out of it, stop being a sheep, basically. So, I'm a big agitate fan as well. Okay. Um, Give it to me. The Matrix is like a way of thinking, like keeping people from critical thinking, basically. Okay. It's uh, it's the media, government, all of this to keep you like not from being the best version of yourself. It's the, uh, you know, like uh, when it comes to politics, the Matrix would be like divide and conquer, keeping you uh, angry at the other side without finding like the commonalities of. What, how you can unite and, and be positive together. The matrix in the media is, you know, 
saying that men being men is toxic and you know men shouldn't be uh, strong providing for women and all this kind of stuff so it's just all about like the matrix is a thought process like people trying to keep you thinking a certain way instead of maximizing your potential and all that kind of stuff okay matrix the matrix he's talking about as far as canceling him and all that kind of stuff is like the deep state you know big uh big tech big tech all, all of those you know same type of things you think about like you know trump talks about it andrew tate stuff that went after joe rogan you know like the you know just like the censorship kind of thing okay but okay when it comes to andrew tate i love him i think he's he's i think he i think he's changed as a person just who he is mm-hmm. but i think all of this is what he used to do coming back to haunt him okay because the way he made a lot of his money isn't in the most like moral i don't know i guess you could say it's kind of like he talks about women in a certain way. He talks about sex work and all this kind of stuff in a certain way. But that's how he made all of his money. But like from what? So he used to have call, like girls, they, him and his brother and I think his cousin set up like these, those webcaster, like OnlyFans before OnlyFans was there. Okay. Where guys could call in and talk to these girls and they'd be on webcams and all this kind of stuff. Okay. And so he would find beautiful women. It would be... A, a, He's saying that it's all it's always been like they they chose to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how he would make money. They would just scam guys out of giving them multiple, multiple hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of dollars um, by and it would actually be like Andrew Tate and Tristan talking, like texting. Oh, wow. They would be looking at these girls. Kind of. So like they, they would be video chatting with girls sometimes, yeah. but there's an ongoing service like, oh, guys would text at the same or after the fact it was like a service but he talked about how like he the the scam was you constantly keep making these guys believe that they're gonna meet the girl Mm -hmm. and then like when they're about to meet it's like oh I can't go I need more money for my visa oh I can't go I need more money for my flight oh and so Mm. you're getting all this money out of them and then you get as much as you can and then you basically let them know that they're never gonna meet and so you lose that person, obviously. But so basically, Tinder, you know, like yeah, it's basically. So he's like the Tinder swindler. Yeah, but just dudes, and and webcam girls. So like allegedly, this this is all based off of that. So when they went out there, they took all of his electronics, and supposedly there was like a a room that they found this webcam stuff still being set up, and st- him still doing that kind of stuff. So, is it is it illegal? No. It's not well, illegal. what happened was a couple of <laughs> what happened was a couple of those girls said that they were doing it against their will. Okay, so here's the first story of him getting arrested. There was a girl who was in his house. I'm not sure it was a webcam, just like party or something. And the boyfriend of the girl said she was being held against her will that she didn't want uh, that she wanted to leave, and they were you know forcing her to stay. And the Romanian police came in, swatted, raided them, and found out the girl was just kind of lying to her boyfriend. So he's got a track record of, like, kind of being in these places of, like, well, like, he shouldn't have been doing it per se, but, like, it was other outside people saying, eh, like, he's doing this or he's doing that, and it wasn't the case. That is only partly true. So the reason why they let him go the first time was the jurisdiction. 
So because it was like international, all that kind of stuff, the Romanian police actually didn't have jurisdiction. It was like some kind of other thing. That's why it came back and did it this time. But look, I've learned from the some other stories that may have happened in 2022 that I thought were going to go a certain way that you never know what the real truth is. I think that and I like what Andrew Tate says, but what I'm learning is like even Kevin Samuels ended up passing away with some kind of woman there that allegedly he paid for. Allegedly. Like oh, really? Paid. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know that. Some kind of situation there. I mean, look, this is rumors and stuff. So just because you can like the content that they create doesn't necessarily mean you know who they are as a person. I agree so, with that. So like, that's one thing that in 2023, I'm not going to, um, I'm not writing for people. I'm writing for their message. That's a great w- way of putting it. So what I'm going to say to that is you have to be careful of the people that you listen to. Mm-hmm. If they do have a great message, take it f- for just that. Uh, when I'm hearing about Andrew Tate saying, oh, they, he, they said he was going to go to jail. That's what he said. The Matrix was going to get him like Neo was going to fly down and just arrest him <laughs> right there on the spot. Him and Trinity with, yeah. with Will Smith's wife. <laughs> I, like... <laughs> I'm just saying they said that they said oh he said he was yo only a person who committed some crimes was like yo (laughs) they couldn't get me they couldn't get me Uh, yeah (laughs) even even back in the day uh, uh, young thug was like they about to get me right I just don't know when and ain't nobody snitching right ain't nobody snitching well okay so I think Andrew Tate knew Hey, man, I did some stuff in 2010. Hey, you had some skeletons in the closet. Come on now. Who doesn't? And then they, they got, you got some, you got some arrestable I, skeletons? I not <laughs> nah, but I, You got arrestable skeletons? Get, I think it's easy when you get like a certain, when you know you're at a certain level, they're going to, they're going to start looking at you. And if you have skeletons in your closet, it's easy to be like, all right, this might come back to bite me. He did it the smart way because yeah. the, the people who are just looking at him as this Lord and Savior Tate are going to say, see, he predicted it like the Simpsons. He's different. Yeah, but look, man, a, you never waste a good. What's it called? Opportunity well, to market. The things I've heard him say, I ain't heard him say anything that's so crazy that the international government is going to need to off him or put him in prison or anything like that. I ain't heard anything too crazy. Yeah. So. For him saying that, I think it was just a smart PR way of being like, I'm about to get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all be good. Yeah. 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 It's them. Right. For a guy who preaches about self accountability, right. he ain't taking accountability for nothing. The man said, oh, nah, it's the Matrix, son. Yeah. Yo, y'all got to be careful, yo. The Matrix crazy right now. Yeah. Yo, man, it seems like your hero. Well, hey, let's let's stop back on that. Every, <laughs> yesterday, the other day, everyone said like, "Oh, your boy got arrested. Your boy got arrested." Oh, how do you feel? Like, I I don't care. Like, what? I ain't worried about it because it doesn't really affect me. I like Andrew Tate for other men who are being, you know, stepped on and shit. I I don't care about it for me. I don't need that. Is Andrew Tate red pill? Yeah, red pill, black pill, like what one of those? Oh, what's black pill? Black pill's like a better version of red pill. Obviously, obviously. Hold on, hold on. Explain to me what what is red pill and what is black pill. Red pill is basically like 
the same thing, the Matrix. Like, take the blue pill, you go back to Fairyland or, you know, Alice in Wonderland, or you take the red pill, and you kind of open up your mind to kind of all the bullshit that's happening behind the scenes. Quote, unquote, reality. Yeah. Okay. But I think the bigger message is, in 2023, we need to stop caping for people and just enjoy the message and what you can learn from it. But we don't need to be backing people that we never met. We don't really know just based off of their media personality or Mm -hmm. what they show on camera. Mm Because at the end of the day, you don't know what they're doing in their personal life. And we see how many times are we going to see it before, like, you know, how many times are we going to get bamboozled before we really, like, wake up and be like, all right, well, there's a reason why people put on a certain persona. That's true. But, uh, but yeah, like, for me, I'm a big fan of Andrew Tate's message. I think that he's very articulate, he's smart. I like when he debates other people. I mean, just recently, the stuff with Brittany Renner, I thought was, like, golden. I didn't hear his stuff on Brittany Reiner. But well, he, 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 they I'm, were on the same podcast, and he basically got Brittany Renner to be, like, regret her past based off of, like, the messaging and stuff that he was I saying. Not. Is that why she said her body's a sacred temple and she's tired of having people all up in there and stuff? Yeah. Oh, because of him? Yeah. So how many people has Andrew Tate been with? That's a lot. See, he can't be the preacher that's saying, oh, you got to do this but, and that. But that's, that's part of the manosphere, right? The manosphere message is it doesn't matter how many men women sleep with. It, it's different for women. Is manosphere a red pill? Uh, allegedly. I mean, manosphere is like what? Andrew Tate's considered manosphere, fresh and fit, like those type of guys that are like, Constantly having like these debates with men and women and high value men. Kevin Samuels is considered part of the manosphere. Stuff like, mm. like Sneeko, too. Sneeko. Yeah, okay. There's two Sneekos, isn't there? There's a Sneeko that's in soccer. There's a Sneeko that's. Oh, I don't know the soccer Sneeko, but the Sneeko that I think we're talking about is yeah. Adam 22. Oh. Fit a lot. Okay. Okay. I see. All right. So is it over for Andrew Tate or is this going to get him bigger? No, it's not over. Yeah, I don't think, I don't, I think he's a little. This is like Donald Trump over and over again. Like, they ain't going to get him. They ain't going to get him for nothing. All right, let's talk about that real quick. The, uh, sorry. The Donald Trump people, the January 6th people, and they spent about $7 billion trying to find out what happened that day. And then they said, all right, we done. Um, let's, let's, let's not prosecute anybody. <laughs> and let's just, uh, let's just keep it pushing. So what do you think about that? Well, there's this guy named Ray Epps who they can't seem to find, they can't seem to locate or prosecute or anything. And he was, there's footage of him, text between him and his nephew, I think, or cousin, saying that he orchestrated the entire thing. And he was running around saying, we got to storm the Capitol, we got to do this, pushing people, you know, making things a little more tense than they should have been. Because, like, we saw footage of January 6th, like, different sides of the building showed different stories. Mm-hmm. One side was like, yeah, come on in, it's fine. They just kind of walk in. Other sides, they were bashing the police officers in, into the wall. Mm-hmm. And like, even Alex Jones was there like, oh, this is getting crazy. Oh, Alex you know. Jones was there? Yeah. On the January 6th thing? Yeah. He was there. Oh, so I didn't even know that. There was, there was like, a, a Trump rally. Like, he was there giving a speech and all that kind of stuff. Um, Alex Jones was supposed to be at that, but... He couldn't get there because of everything that was going on. Is Alex Jones a Trumper? He was. Uh, I don't think he I, is anymore. Seems like a lot of people ain't Trumping anymore. Yeah. Trump Trump lost a lot of his base through this whole vaccine stuff. Yeah, he said take the vaccine. Or he wasn't as bad as other people, but he'd say like I took it, it's fine, you know, like doing well, that. Well, just like constantly talking about how this is like one of his 
greatest accomplishments was this vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Oh. And a lot of his base is like, well, this vaccine caused, because of this vaccine, you know, people lost their jobs in the military because it, it like, you know, like, quote unquote, there's maybe some things that are wrong with the vaccine, like all that kind of stuff. So I think he lost a lot of his base there. And I think a lot of people are just over the type of uh, rhetoric and just what happens in politics when Trump's a part of it. You know, it's like, yeah. a, it's like an easy way. Like if you're somebody who's a Republican, and you see, like, what Trump does, okay, even if you like some of his policies and stuff like that, he also, there's a lot of people that just hate him that are going to come out and vote against him just because mm. it's him running. And I think some, uh, a lot of the base is just, like, done with that. So what that means is Kanye's running. Trump is running. We, we ran for him. <laughs> I think Kanye's what? trying to get Trump to run with him. I saw that. I saw that. So what we what we doing, y'all? We fellas, come on, give it, give it. <laughs> let I us know. I don't care. I I think Trump was good for the system because it needed a kick in the ass. Okay, the way, the way he did it. But I I'm done like voting and shit. I don't care. You're anymore. not gonna vote anymore. I don't yeah, care. I'm like the same way. I don't vote for president anymore. Yo, Just three local. years ago, you told me we got to vote. Local. Yeah, I didn't. Local elections. Local elections, I think, are important because that actually. I feel like you actually have a, a, a shot at yeah. changing things. Maybe yeah. not here, because like people here will vote for like a gas tax to make gas more expensive whenever they want. And <laughs> it's like, why? Why would you vote for that? Did you even read the goddamn paragraph? Like, no. Like people don't vote. They they vote who they they're told to vote for, or what bills, props, whatever. All right. Well, then let's get into it. State of California. State of California got a bunch of new laws. From last time we spoke to y'all, we got in LA, we got a new mayor, Karen Bass. She stated it's a state of emergency, homelessness. Now, uh, so what does that mean? Uh, Sunil has the info for us. And we're going to find out all the new laws here in California. They're very, very important. They don't affect me. <laughs> it's because you're white. I just don't follow laws in general. Oh, that's not really good to, <laughs> Whoops. to say to Uh-oh. the world. Um, where are we at? Where are we at? As my girlfriend would say, here are five fans. And we want to shout out uh, Shade Room for putting this up. Shout out Shade Room. Shout out Shade, Shade Room-ish. Uh, they have like a thousand posts on China. Who runs the Shade Room? I don't even know. A team. A team of people. Yeah, it's a whole business. It's a media Cheers. business. Cheers to the business. All right. All right, so what I can say is one of them is if okay, all right, go ahead. All right, so here we go. All right, uh, this is a rundown. Are we just going one by one or just read them all out? Uh, do one by one. All right, so the first one Senate Bill 1008 by Senator Josh Becker from San Mateo. Um, inmates basically beginning January, state prisons, youth detention facilities. City and county jails will be required to offer phone services to inmates free of charge. So no more press nine. You get to call uh, without collect calls to your loved ones and so on and so forth. You know what that means. Huh? Oh, there's going to be a lot of dirty macking. There's going to be a lot of dirty macking on the, on the police phone. We're about to get the stickiest that phones ever. <laughs> <laughs> but here's why. 
Like, think about this. Like, phone calls are, I guess, expensive going from prison. If they're in the phone line in prison and, like, hold on, shut up. This is paid for. I can be on here as long as I want. Someone's going to get shanked. Nah, I mean, I I'm think, sorry. I what? Think there's still going to be limits. There's, there's already limits for how long you can meet somebody. It's not like unlimited. Okay, but it's my, my, kind of my thanks tense. No, nah, it's just the, it's just instead of a cost where now the part, like the person's family or whomever they're calling to pays for that. Now we pay for it. Yeah. Already so, were, okay, so does that mean our taxes go up? Yeah, obviously. I mean, supposedly there's a surplus in California. So maybe it's already part of the budget. Okay. I allow that. But, so, I mean, but I mean, now they, they kind of really don't have to pay for anything because they got to pay for the phone line and that's it. Well, technically. These, uh, well, these calls could go anywhere, right? It could be long distance. It could be whatever. I don't know how. I don't, I've never had a, I don't have a landline. If I was that. in jail, I would have four girlfriends. Facts. Because <laughs> now I could afford it. <laughs> now I could afford it. I would be on the phone talking yeah, yeah. I mean, talking I don't know Ray. how much this actually affects financially the state not a not a lot i mean i don't i don't think there's going to be like three hour long calls now or anything like that i just think it's just you know maybe the phone companies hate it because Mm -hmm. they're losing all of their you know or maybe maybe now i don't know what i guess caller id will say it's from a prison but maybe what if they're trying to make a call to somebody that they don't that doesn't want to pick up their call and they wouldn't now don't know if it's from prison or if it's from i don't know but that's one. We'll move on. Okay. This is a big one. We talked about this um, last year. Prosecutors can no longer use rap lyrics as evidence. So I think this is an interesting thing because read the whole thing. Uh, starting in the new year, courts will no longer be able to use a person's creative expressions, such as rap lyrics, against them in most criminal proceedings. Oh, in most. Is this on the shade room? I, I sent it to you. Yeah. There should be more to it. Actually. Yeah. An assem- uh, by Assemblyman Reggie Jones Sawyer, uh, Democrat from Los Angeles, prevents prosecutors from using creative expression as character evidence against a defendant unless they can be tied to a specific crime or provides information otherwise not available to the public. All right. Mm. What does that tell you? If you murder somebody and you talked about murdering them. We're we going to use it. Okay. Here's the thing that I think people get confused. They do sometimes use the lyrics in court to provide a sphere of who you are as a person. Yeah. So if you're on your rap song, talking about we about to spin the block, we about to shoot the heads off of kids and all, blah, 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 and all this crazy stuff. Of course, you may not do that stuff, right. but if you're in court already, they already have evidence of whatever or may have potential evidence of whatever it is that you might have done. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to say, yo, listen to the lyrics of this rapper and this is who y'all trying to save. That's what's going to be removed. But if you go in there and you say, we shot Day Day four times in the chest and you see four bullets in Day Day's chest when he in the in, in the uh, place where he's dead in the morgue, they gonna say, "Well, yeah, <laughs> okay." But so, how many rappers? Let's be honest. How many rappers are rapping about murders in the state of California with thirty nine million people that live here? I don't listen to that yeah, point zero 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 two percent of people. True. So it doesn't really affect almost but I, anybody. But yeah, I mean, but it can. I think it's good when it comes to like character stuff because I think some, it can minimize, let's say, a prosecutor that has a beef and they don't really have too much, but they just don't like the person. And sometimes it's, it's a popularity contest, unfortunately, in the court system. So it's like, it says creative stuff. So it, 
let's say it's not just rappers. Let's say you're just a regular person and they use your Facebook stuff and you've put out some uh, some tweets or you put out some posts and stuff like that that you're anti a certain thing. So they're trying to paint you out to be a racist. Well, mm-hmm. if you can't prove that he's done anything, like I've done anything that is race, like I've, I've um, denied entrance because of race or anything like that, mm-hmm. you can't use my tweets now as a way of depicting me as a racist because that's a character thing without any factual stuff behind it. Right. So I think that it benefits. We're only looking at it as rap lyrics, but it can benefit the common person because in court, they're going to use whatever they can to like, to, to, try to try and paint the picture right? exactly try to p- paint the picture of who you are right. and i think that's fine but that also speaks to the people of like hey man be careful of the stuff that you put out there for the most part y'all not supposed to be talking about murdering and killing and doing negative things in general but we do know the internet has a bunch of faceless nameless vagabonds that are out there saying all types of crazy things and honestly y'all better stop because truthfully this law doesn't mean that you can continue doing that no i mean it's only stuff that can't be backed up by evidence yeah so you can't just use this as evidence on its own without any proof right as to the character that you're trying like it's just basically you can't paint somebody out to be a bad person based off of rap lyrics or based mm-hmm. off of tweets or based off of anything creative that they did. I think it, I think it is a good, good thing. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, it shouldn't be just easy for the state to put somebody in jail. I, I I'm more about, Hey, I, I like it without a reasonable doubt. Like, yeah, I would much rather have, I'm, I'm of the faction that I would much rather have 10, uh, guilty people not, get put into jail so that one innocent person doesn't get put in jail. Say that one more time. So, like, I would rather, like, say you make the rules tough enough to where maybe 10 guilty people, they can't be put in jail so that that one innocent person doesn't get put in jail. I think the difficult part about that is... uh, Some of them guilty people do got to go to jail. No, but I'm saying, like, if you... the, the, The thing is, is, like, yeah, you could make exceptions and try to make it easier to get these guilty people in jail. Mm-hmm. But then you think that same, those same rules can be used to get an innocent person in jail mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the rules are, are so lax. And, and for me, I would much rather protect that innocent person than allow the 10 guilty. Like, cause at the end of the day, for me, in my experience, somebody that commits a crime continues to commit crimes. It's yeah. 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 That's the, yeah, that's the point. Commit, yeah. But you ruin an innocent person's life by putting them in, in jail for something that they didn't do for five, ten years. That's like life altering. Yeah. So I, agree. I would much rather keep the innocent person out of jail. So whatever it does to make it harder to prosecute people, I'm 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 for that. Okay. All right, let's go to the next one. So the next one is abortion. Mm. Uh, so this is A B two 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 three. It protects a woman or pregnant person who Um, it it protects a woman or pregnant person, two separate things, who chooses to end pregnancy from prosecution, even if the abortion is self-induced or happens outside the medical system. It also abolishes the requirements that coroner investigate stillbirths and protect someone who helps a pregnant person end their pregnancy voluntarily or from criminal or civil liability. So basically it protects women from, from... 
being prosecuted for having an abortion, and the people that help the woman have the abortion are protected against criminal and civil lawsuits. Let's hold right here. I'm going to stop recording. All right. And we are recording. Okay. So, um, so, so you can have an abortion. Basically it's, it's protecting women or birthing people, um, from or pregnant person, sorry, um, from being able to have an abortion without any criminal or civil, uh, repercussions. Not only the, not only the woman or the pregnant person, but also those that, um, could help with the help with the abortion. So okay. it's not just the, the woman or the pregnant person. Um, it's also the people that are inducing the abortion as well. Was abortion illegal? So federally, right? They, they reverse Roe versus Wade. Right. So state by state. They have, have to reinforce it. Rules. So this allows, I guess, for people to come to California and have those protections. Oh, for people outside of the state. Yeah. Okay, but it was already legal here. Yeah, yeah, they never changed it. Yeah, it's they amped it up here. So this is more affecting people that are outside of the state. I think it just keeps it a safe haven for people that want to have abortions here. It's in the law that you can't be prosecuted for it if you're a woman or a pregnant person. Sunil, <laughs> I'm just reading what it says. Nah, I hear you. All right, that sounds cool. Next, <laughs> Sam. Hey, the state's rights, man. I, I can't say anything more about that. Cool. But when are they going to put in law that men don't have to pay if the woman decides to keep it in California? If the woman decides to keep it, men don't have to pay? I think that's stupid. Why? It's fair. I don't. I think that both people should... I think that both people should take accountability for... Uh, their actions I don't think men should be saved from it I don't think women should be saved from it but that's just me alright next bereavement leave AB 1949 it is illegal for employers with five or more employees to deny employees up to five days of unpaid bereavement leave upon the death of a family member so as so long as the employee seeking the leave was employed for uh, was employed for at least 30 days before the commencement of leave and for private employers the employer has five or more employees there are separate requirements for public employers it's okay with me yeah, it's unpaid so yeah if they say unpaid I love it <laughs> <laughs> all right so this one is uh, SB 1087 AB 1740 catalytic converter theft crackdown mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a thing but I guess no it's a big thing huge it's a big thing, thing. Yeah. it's a huge thing anybody with a 98 Honda <laughs> coming for you I don't know how you how you're still driving that thing around here <laughs> I mean you probably could without it just for like a couple miles but they're going to steal your catalytic convert. <laughs> these laws enhance requirements on recyclers to keep specific records of catalytic converters they receive and on the authorized parties that can sell used catalytic converters. These laws specifically list who can sell catalytic converters to recyclers 
and require those recyclers to keep documentation such as the year make model and copy of the vehicle title from which the catalytic converter was removed these laws aim to reduce the increasing theft of catalytic converters and help keep californians and their cars safer you know what i think they should do if you get caught stealing a catalytic converter you got to go convert 20 years <laughs> what <laughs> convert what you got to go convert 20 years of your life behind bars mm you know, it's fun. Catalytically. Yeah, yeah. You better go catalytically <laughs> yourself in prison. Because my big thing is, yo, we trying to do everything but make people pay for what they do, right? Right. Like, I don't think making it, making you get more information on a catalytic converter is going to say, oh, no, nah, we shouldn't steal it. You know what? Most of, these, most of these people are taking a catalytic converter, sending it somewhere else. Yeah. Anyways. Right. They're okay. either going b- below the border or they're going to another state. Or they're just selling it privately. Right. So ain't nobody going to be like, oh, you better sell me one for like 50% what everybody else is selling. I'm not going to do it. Let me see the papers. They're not going to do that. So you have, I mean, it is a huge deal. They're yeah, stealing it, them like no big, like like it's nothing. In the middle of the night, they're stealing them. But I mean, if they're cashing people actually doing the theft, there's already laws for theft. Yeah, they, it, should be str- it should be stricter. But what are the laws right now for theft? I don't know. What is like... The penalty for it might be it might be five ten years whatever it's yeah it is so if it's nine hundred fifty dollars or less it's, it's a mis- misdemeanor if the value of what you stole is it's a felony so it should be it should be a quadruple felony does the damage of the car count towards the value if you steal a catalytic converter you, you damage, damage the car yeah yeah but I don't know if they're catching people actually stealing so let me catch they do, let's say if they, let's say they do but like this is also another deterrent because now if you can minimize the market for where you can actually sell them then the goal would be that there's not as much motivation to do the theft right so i understand like the state of california itself is only, is limited to what they can they they it's, a, it's they can only fix what's going on in the state right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this at, at least makes it you know a risk for these uh you know, junkyards or whomever they're selling it to right now. Like, yeah, you can do it. But if we catch you, you know, now there's an actual law that are you willing to risk your whole business for these catalytic converters? Who knows? Uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure there's still going to be all laws. If they worked just for that, there was a law, then there would have be no crime. But right. there's still going to be people right. that try to push it. But I think this is a good step. At least they're at least they're making it a thing. And there are going to be. People that are just like, oh, this is too much of a risk. I'm not going to. What do you think about caning people? Like in Singapore? <laughs> hey, Singapore has really low crime. So, you know, I actually had this English teacher. And this is kind of funny because Trump kind of said something along the lines of it as well. But this English teacher was super liberal. So it's funny that Trump said the same thing. But like she and this is when I was in high school, so we're talking a long time ago. Right, 20 years. She was, yeah, so she was talking about how she wrote this um, paper in college um, that how to actually fix crime is to make stricter punishments for uh, low-level crimes. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, stealing, like, petty theft, like, larceny, all that kind of stuff, you give them the death penalty. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the reason, no, but the reason for it is uh-huh. that... The, the death penalty goes to people right now uh-huh. that don't care about whether they live or not. So it's not a deterrent uh-huh. to people to actually do these crimes that would give them the death penalty. Whereas the people that are doing like theft and stuff like that, they actually would care about uh-huh. 
getting in trouble if the if the punishment was something that they just wouldn't. So if you start like giving the death penalty to somebody that's doing like a uh, like stealing a car or you know uh, burglary or things like that, those crimes would go down drastically because people wouldn't want to risk their life for getting caught. What do you think about that? I understand the thought process, but once again, I go back to the innocent, um, innocent, like we're not God. So for us to decide who should live or who should die, I'm like anti that. I don't think we should have that. Any man should have that say over who should live or who should die. Um, at least a system quote unquote. So I'm, I'm against the death penalty overall. So I'm not a huge fan of of the death penalty, but I do think that our system is, is, very radical mm-hmm. it's either you get a harsh penalty for what we claim to be a, a a low level crime or or you do a pretty crazy crime and then you get a very light penalty mm-hmm. like it's it's almost like there's very little gray area and then because like small crimes happen more and more and more and then we keep changing the goalposts you know it used to be five hundred dollars was a misdemeanor then it's nine fifty then then if you do nine fifty and then you get a a, um a guy like gascon who's like ah nobody should be in jail then it's like ah well well they were just hungry for bread you know and then they just got to steal you know so let's just let them steal and then let's just give them like two days in jail whose fault is that the people yeah so at the end of the day it's like I'm not, so, uh, this is what people in California want. And until they change their thought process about what what is real or what's not, like, I understand the thought process of why people want things a certain way, but I think people don't think it through. Correct. And that's, like, the biggest thing. So, like, I, I agree with you, but mm-hmm. at a certain point, this is, we need to go through this process for people to, see what their what what their politics actually turns into because at the end of the day california is one of the states that you get to see what this form of politics Mm -hmm. leads to you're seeing it in la you're seeing it in in um san francisco right the two biggest pockets of this type of politics and man it's it's rough daddy it's it's crazy how used to it we are now. Mm-hmm. That's what's crazy. It's like when I have people come visit, they're like, wow. And for us, it's like. You know what's crazy? One of my Florida friends made fun of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I travel so much, right? For yeah. work. Yeah. It's not like this. The only other place I saw it like this, guess, Portland. Mm. Portland fucking sucks. That's why. Portland, you know, Nike had to shut down um, their. Uh, their office in downtown Portland because yeah. of of uh, the homelessness down there. That bad. It's it's rampant. It's what? like you know how um. It's like homelessness with more space. Like things are more spread out. You know, with LA's mm-hmm. all like boom boom boom. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you see some bigger tents because there's more space. You know what I mean? But it's like literally, I was walking. I would be and walking them tents down still be a hundred thousand. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be walking down the street. And then you see, you like could see down there, and I'm like, I'm gonna turn around because I don't know what's gonna happen. You see needles all over the floor, all that kind of stuff. Like it's rampant, man. It's like, and it's like this level, uh, this thought process is what leads to it. Well, Karen Bass said there is a, a war on homelessness now, yeah, or I something so. like that. We'll see. We'll I see mean, what happens. She said she was gonna put some people in hotels. 
If I own a hotel, I'd be like, uh, listen, if they could pay the two ninety eight. Well, <laughs> that means the government's paying. Yeah, but That's I also like paying. the upkeep of a hotel is a lot of work. Right. So you have to be mindful of who you're putting in your hotel. If and I had a friend that was it was a psychologist that worked with the homeless uh, population, mm-hmm. and she told me like she said right now and, and it should be like people have autonomy, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so the issue is like she would go through the process, find housing for someone, and then they have the choice if if they want to stay there or not, and then they would find a place, and then the she would say the person would be like, well, I don't want to live there, and then be like, why? It's too far away from my connect it's too far away from my drug dealer mm-hmm. i want some place over there closer to the beach because that's where her drug dealer. and it's like you can't force them nope but i think there's a law that actually they put on the books that may help with that all right give us the next one i want to just go to this one because there's one for fast food workers there's one for fur band so the fast food one is the one i want to talk about okay well let me go through this one first because i think it kind of dang i think oh there we go so this one's the mental illness one okay SB 13. I want to talk 30, about this one too. 1338. So this one kind of goes into where I think this can maybe help with the homeless crisis here. Mm-hmm. So Governor Governor Newsom signed the Community Assistance Recovery and Empowerment Act in September. Mm-hmm. It will let family members, first responders and other ask a judge to draw up a treatment plan for someone diagnosed with certain disorders, including schizophrenia. Those who refuse could be placed under conservatorship in order to comply. The new law would let a court order a treatment plan for up to one year, which could be extended for a second year. The plan could include medication, housing, and therapy. Under excuse me, under care court, families, clinicians, first responders, and others will be able to refer individuals suffering from schizophrenia spectrum or psychotic disorders. Care court will be implemented statewide and will start with a phased-in approach. The first cohort to implement care court includes the counties of Glen Orange, Riverside, San Diego, Stanislaus, Tulum, and San Francisco. Tulum is in Mexico. Tulum. Yeah, Tulum. So I'm thinking about vacation. (laughs) So so this one is kind of kind of what I was talking about where before if if Someone, but so this one they'd have to be diagnosed already, but this gives first responders, family members, the opportunity to like have a court basically overturn what this person might be deciding because they're not of sound mind, right? So yeah, that's that, real dangerous. How, how so? Because um, because it gives somebody else the opportunity to judge you and how you were acting and or operating well you'd have to be in based off of what you'd have to have been diagnosed with one of these things so it's not like it says that you have to be diagnosed yeah, or have to have i don't had think a diagnosis of this so schizophrenia a, was it yeah so certain it says um someone diagnosed with certain disorders including schizophrenia so you have to have had a diagnosis of something from a clinician that says you are this now a certain diagnoses who knows is it ADHD because a lot of people have been diagnosed with ADHD like mm-hmm. is it you know uh, what are those yeah I would want to look into that but it's not just like oh I think Kelby's acting crazy uh, I'm gonna go to a court nah Kelby hasn't sat down with the clinician and been diagnosed with one of these things 
it, it won't affect you. Okay, so this is not going to hurt Wendy's legacy at all. <laughs> Who's Wendy? Williams. <laughs> Was she diagnosed with anything? I don't know. I don't know, but she's going through that thing where people are owning her life. Yeah. Like the bank mm-hmm. won't give her her money because yeah. they think that she's not okay. She's not well. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, I guess I understand. Like, I'm anti giving the state more power, so I, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know there's like a big homeless problem here. And so when I read this, I was like, oh, wow. It went straight to that thought process of my friend that was like, I, I asked her, how do we solve this homelessness thing? She's like, we got to be able to force them into rehab facilities. Mm-hmm. And so um, this, I guess, is a path to that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see both sides. I don't know. I'd have to sit with it a little bit more. The word force is real nasty. Yeah. It's real nasty. Mm-hmm. As much as I would love to clean up homelessness, and I am aware that homeless people, a lot of them choose to be homeless. Mm-hmm. Being in a country that says you have the freedom to blank, um, it gets real scary when you don't have that anymore. And somebody else can make a judgment on you. Hey, yo, you've been diagnosed with this. That means now a first responder has the opportunity to go towards a judge and say, hey, man, you need to put this person under this sentence because they've been diagnosed with this. Mm -hmm. How many people um, have been diagnosed with X, Y, and Z and then they get pilled up Mm -hmm. by that? If you ever listen to Dr. Umar, which I'm not telling y'all is the right person to listen to, but he does talk about, as a psychiatrist, um, children who've been diagnosed with all types of disorders and then they just pill them up from a very young age. So that diagnosis kind of means something, but at the same time it doesn't to me because it it doesn't necessarily say that that gives a first responder, a family member or this, that, and a third, the power to go in front of a judge and say, Hey, yo, this person is acting er erratically. We need to put them under conservator, uh, conservatorship for a year. Right. That's scary. Yeah. And what if you were misdiagnosed? Does that count? You know what I mean? Like, right. so I get it. You could, all these laws, when you're giving power to the courts, power to the state, definitely can be used um, negatively. Mm-hmm. But also, I can see the benefits of it. Same though. Uh, we're going to continue this after these messages. We are recording. And we're back. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed those commercials. So, give us the next law. All right. So, the last one we'll talk about is AB 257, Fast Food Workers. So, this bill will set up a 10-member council that would include worker and employer representatives and two state officials, and that would review pay and safety standards across the restaurant industry. The council could issue health, safety, anti-discrimination regulations, and set up industry-wide minimum wage. The legislation caps the figure at $22 an hour in 2023, when the statewide minimum wage will be $15.50. The bill also requires annual cost of living adjustments for any new wage floor beginning in 2024. All right. My beef with this Mm. is the cheeseburger prices. Hey, tell them. The dollar menu is looking to... The dollar menu looking is like looking dollar seventy-five menu. Not a dollar seventy-five. The dollar menu is no longer existing. Yeah, it's a two twenty-five. It's now the value menu. Yeah. 
And the value is you want to pay $4 for this one thing that used to cost 99 cents. Mm. That's why nowadays at McDonald's, I'll be complaining. <laughs> I do. I'll be complaining. I'll be going in there. Um, y'all didn't say the line on the thing that says, if you don't say that, I get a free cookie. Give it to me. Oh, you want them free cookies. I want everything I could get. Uh. I went to McDonald's, obviously, for those who are watching the video. (laughs) (laughs) I paid $16 for a meal. Uh. $16.03 for french fries, burgers, and nuggets. What that used to cost you? That had to be at least eight. So they doubling up. Oh, they doubling up. It's real dirty out here, huh? And that's before they raise it to twenty twenty two dollars an hour. Twenty two, twenty three. That's craziness. Mm. Listen, man. When I read under the shade room, what people cared about, they said the cost of living is too high. Real estate is too high. Mm. Let's just think about it in a business sense. Talk to me. Okay, let's talk numbers. Mm. Mathematics. Mm. If you own a McDonald's mm-hmm. and everybody there has to make $20 an hour just mm. for round numbers, you got one shift and you got what? Five people. How many people work at a McDonald's at one time? About eight, or something. eight people. Yeah. Okay. Damn, that's going to make my math difficult. Let's but go 10. Let's go 10. Let's say 10 people are working there. <laughs> that means for every hour you paying, you need to make at the minimum for the employees alone to break even. How much? 200. $200. You got to make $200 an hour just to pay your employees. Just to pay their, that don't mean you're going to break even. Nope. That doesn't count what, what you pay for the food, electricity, electricity utilities, the the location, because you know corporate, mm. they're going to take it. You know that's what right. McDonald's about. Oh, sure. it's they all about that real estate. estate. It's about that real estate. Mm. I saw founders. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. We know one thing about McDonald's. <laughs> They gonna get their money. They don't care about you. Nah, hey, you better figure it out, buddy. Yeah. The 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 they the, just want them royalties. Okay, the uniforms, all that stuff. So if we were to be kind about it, mm-hmm. they realistically need to make about five to six hundred dollars an hour to break even. Mm. And what company is in business to break even? None. Not one that's gonna last. Okay, so what they need to make is eight hundred. Yeah, an hour. A lot of damn burgers. That's a lot of burgers. The two for three is looking like two for ten. Yeah. How am I gonna get my unhealthy fix <laughs> when everything is going up? How is the cost of living gonna go down when the when the wages are going up? How? Yeah. I'm not complaining, mind y'all. I'm not complaining that people get more money. Get it how you can. Right. I support you getting more money. However, one doesn't fix the other. Right. You're just sweeping it under the rug. Yes, um, it's a problem that's going to continue probleming. And I also I also look at it like the barrier of entry now is a lot harder to get in, right? So if you, let's say your dream is to own a restaurant and you want to start your mom and pop restaurant, you have, you know, like uh you have like this idea to, to create this menu, all this kind of stuff to start a restaurant now is going to be extremely difficult because of everything you just mentioned, just any staff, like mm-hmm. you're going to have to pay a lot of money to, and go, 
just because somebody goes from fifty fifty an hour to twenty three dollars an hour doesn't mean that their level of productivity is going to go up to that's that true. level as well, right? Yeah. So you, that doesn't change the value of the employee. Sure, mm-hmm. and and that's not to say that there aren't people right now that are getting paid fifteen fifty that are outproducing that fifteen fifty, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's going to help certain people, but it's also going to be like, you know, uh, it, it's also going to make it harder now if I, i'm thinking like if i'm an employer and i now have to pay somebody twenty dollars an hour the person i'm going to select is going to be way harder mm-hmm. now i'm not going to just select anybody that i would have paid at fifteen dollars an hour you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. so you know there's going to be a lot of ripple effects that people are really looking at like now here's the real question how do you solve what's already messed up now this is not a question about capitalism mm-hmm it's a question about us pushing it forward well, what's, faster. Let's say what's the what, what what are you saying what it's messed up? So, let's say uh real estate, the cost of living, all that mixing together on this side of the country is uh-huh. is higher than what the average person can make to live uh a comfortable life. Now, Let's let me re- define what comfortable is because right. I don't seen on the internet they said the average American needs a two bedroom apartment with t- six dogs and da, 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 mm-hmm. to be comfortable. That's not what you need. I'm saying, let's say for you to live in a place with a roommate, feel okay, feel comfortable, and be able to save at the very least twenty percent of your money uh, monthly at any age. Even if you have to go live in East, East LA where there's bars in the window and you got to have, Hey, listen, man, it is what it is. That's what stage you are in life. Right. But because real estate prices have gotten, gotten so high up, how can you regress that? Because people get in real estate for one reason to make a profit right? Uh, and to live, but really to make a profit, it's going to be a part of their net worth. But why is real estate expensive in the city? Because the demand, I don't know if it's only People that. Want to live there. It's also because uh, it, the state of California doesn't allow you to build new new buildings. Exactly, and if they do allow you to build new stuff, there's a, it's not that they don't allow you; they make it extremely difficult to build new stuff, right? Yes, yes. So how how like if we're looking at economics and demand is high, mm-hmm. and demand is high, how do you lower that? You have to increase the um availability of the of whatever it is right right you can either you know so ha- creating more houses will make the demand lower because now there's going to be more opportunity to be able to get those houses right well the thing about that is is what the problem is they don't want to keep developing more for whatever reason but one of them is because it would lower the value of the investments that people had already made Mm-hmm. Then people would say, hey, for, I've invested in real estate and in 10 years it's supposed to have an additional 30% in value and that's not what's happening. How do you take that back? It's very difficult to do that because people invest their largest chunk of money either in the stock market or in, or in real estate. How do you solve that? It's you not by raising the minimum wage. You know that's why they're pumping up those ADUs. Like they want people to build ADUs because that's not building more property. That's just adding more property onto someone's current property. ADUs state. is like when you redo the garage to make it a yeah separate or detached. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, and I mean, look, I don't think that uh, if if that's gonna lower people's, I don't think you should be able to quote unquote price gouge. 
And what I mean by that is you shouldn't artificially inflate something. Mm -hmm. So if the, if the thought process is, well, the people that have homes, we don't want them to lose money on their homes. Well, you didn't care about the banks didn't care about that in 2008 when they were just giving everybody loans for whatever the case may be. That's That's when the stuff really dropped. Mm -hmm. I don't think that necessarily building more homes is going to impact the value of homes in a, in a certain way where people are going to lose like their whole life savings off of it. Not the whole life. It's just not going to, it's not going to increase the same way. Sure. But it's also, that's creating a barrier to, of entry. So they just, the, the reason why they're, the reason why the, uh, the housing market is the way it is, is because it's making it harder to be able to get Mm -hmm. into that. That shouldn't be a reason for why you're making money is because we're limiting the ability for people to, to get access to it. Hmm. How do you solve that? You have to get, you have to make, get the, the government out of it. Less red tape, like make it easier to develop more homes so that it lowers prices so that every, uh, you know, regular people can buy homes. You don't have to have a hundred thousand saved up to be able to buy a three bedroom, four bedroom home, like three bedroom. Yeah. You need to have $150,000 to buy two shoe boxes string together with a toilet on the outside. But look, no. this could be a strategic thing that California wants to do. And they, they saw it. The state is losing more people than is gaining still over the past few years. Yeah. yeah. People aren't moving to California, man. People are still moving out of California because now it's been living in these other states for like a couple years now. And they're getting, they're hearing, hey, it's much different out here. <laughs> like your, yeah. your money goes a lot further. You you know, the lifestyle is a lot different. Like, and there's places that have decent weather. Like I go to Las Vegas and so many people live there that, that are from California now. You know what I mean? And like you go to Portland, people are out there buying houses that are from California. Is Portland cheap? It's now everything's rising. Like other states are like, yo, California people are coming in and raising all the prices. So what what's happening is people are coming from California. They sold their house for like eight hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Then they go to this other place like Texas, Portland, whatever, and the housing there was like, um, was you know is is a certain way. And if they want a certain house, now they're overpricing. They have mm-hmm. cash to be able to just buy whatever mm-hmm. and and be like fifty thousand, a hundred thousand over what asking prices so they could just get it yep so it's just our it's just making everything Difficult. more expensive mm. but if you could go somewhere outside of california mm-hmm. if you can go somewhere outside of california where would you go top two places sam Flo- my spot was boise but the, the same thing happened california just came in and it was like the top spot to move to mm-hmm. for like five years running mm-hmm. i go florida mm-hmm. or uh vegas what about you? Who knows out of California? I mean, back back home in Florida. Uh-huh. Um, my mom was talking to me on the phone. She was like, "Yo, you got twenty k?" I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "Why don't you just buy a house?" I was like, "Yo, mom." <laughs> I was like, "What you mean? Yo, I can buy shoelaces with that right now." I mean, um, so Florida or. I would, I could move to like Jersey, mm. but like not really. I'm so used to the weather. Right. It, it would either be Florida or um, 
yo, the way Miami's looking right now, I'll probably go over there mm-hmm. for Lauderdale, Miami, or just back to Central Florida. Just go to. I don't know, aside from Florida, because I wouldn't want to live in Texas. Mm-hmm. I really wouldn't want to move back to the Northeast. And um, some people yeah. like I know I my know. job was saying you want to move to Nashville. Yo, I went to Nashville. It's actually very expensive yeah. now. Uh, yeah, it's it's like the fourth or fifth most expensive uh, city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I remember like living in Philly, and I was paying, I was paying like twelve hundred dollars a month for this one bedroom loft. It was beautiful, the most fire apartment I've ever lived in. Wow. And then now I'm paying much more than that for a one bedroom in the hood. <laughs> hey, but um, you know, yeah, the beach. <laughs> Not anywhere near the beach, but. I, California, uh, Southern California challenge. Nah, but I mean, I mean, like you know, you you pay for what you get, and like, like I said, like at the end of the day, it's the people that are that have to decide what they want to do. Like, yeah. If they, it, at the end of the day, the cho- the choices that we're making in government are leading to the lifestyle that we're living here. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, um, if we're fed up with it, that's why I think local elections matter. Federal elections don't matter as much as local elections to me here in, in the state. So, yeah, it is what it is. Hey, man, of all the rules that you, and laws and things that you read, I don't really think much of it is going to change our everyday activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the people that are rapping, man, shout out to y'all. <laughs> At McDonald's, I'm going to need y'all to lower your prices, okay? <laughs> I'm tired of cooking, man. It's not fire like that. The single, the, the cheeseburger just it is different. Uh-huh. It's different. All right, we're, let's end this out with the conversation du jour. Meg the Stallion, go ahead and give it to me. Mm. All right, so I know we talked about this last year, and I'm a big fan of Tori's music. And uh, his persona, I followed him even when he was younger, and he was you know rapping, this rapping kid on his bike out of, out of Canada. On his Toronto. bike? Yeah, in his first music video, it's called Steel. And he was uh, okay. he was riding around on his bicycle. Okay, sixteen years old. Um, and there was a lot of things that didn't make sense when the fir- when it first came out, right? Like, mm. you know, uh, Megan's story was changing all this kind of stuff, and you know, Tori wasn't saying anything. You know, everybody there was like, did she get shot? Did she not get shot? And then you know, three years later, obviously it, it turned into whatever, but. I think the case was funny. I think that is kind of weird. But at the end of the day, 12 jurors saw enough evidence without a reasonable doubt to say he was guilty of what he got charged. And he wasn't charged with shooting somebody. He was charged with firing a gun, possession of a a gun, and all this kind of stuff, right? So I think at the end of the day, look, Megan definitely got shot. She's definitely a victim in this case. However, it went, however, like it was reported, all that kind of stuff. You know, Tori's in jail, and whether or not he shot her or didn't shoot her or whatever the case may be, the court says that he's he, he shot her. He's going to jail probably for a very long time, and, you know, it is what it is. These are his charges. Assault with a semi-automatic firearm, personal use of a firearm, and carrying a loaded, unregistered firearm in a vehicle. So technically, he did get he did get uh, charged for shooting her. Uh-huh. 
An assault. Uh, assault, yeah. Mm-hmm. Semi-firearm. Uh, All right. <clears throat> the case was a lot. The first thing I'm going to say is I think it's fair for everybody to just take a second when somebody says something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be this overarching, bigger thing, conspiracy, and you have to pick sides because this means that and that means this. What I mean by that is I did get the old conversation by a woman that said, if you don't automatically believe Megan instantly without any questioning, then you're against black women. Huh? How did this happen? (laughs) Now, I, I will tell you, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, Megan changed her story. And yada, yada, yada. I don't, I don't totally know what story was changed. All I do know is that on some interview, she said she didn't sleep with him. Turns out she was sleeping with him. Okay, cool. Now, when I first heard it, I did think he did it. I think he did it. But then I started thinking more about it. And I was like, it seems, it seems, something seems a little sketch. The, the judge wasn't allowing him to say his side of the story. Yada, yada. So my ultimate thing was, hey, man, look. Let him have his day in court. You tell your side of the story, and that's all we need to know. Mm-hmm. And when he goes to court, the reports that we're getting from independent sources, whether it's academics or whether it's Milagros, Milagros or the, the, lawyers, the, the lawyer or the or no jumper or whatever, the the way it was spun made it seem like he was he was coming out scot free. Right. Okay. Now. Afterwards, that gives you even more like, shoot, okay, yeah, because now you're questioning it. You're sitting here wondering, like, wait, now wait a second. From what I'm hearing, it seems like there's a a, reasonable doubt. A reasonable doubt. No no one's gonna really know exactly what happened that night, but you start really thinking that there's a hole in this story until the case is over. Yeah. Then you everything comes out. Everything comes out. (laughs) And then the jail call. Yeah. For me. The jail call said to me, why would you be saying that kind of stuff if you're apologetic about you sleeping with both of them? You're saying you're sorry about something that happened the day before, but... mm." See, I took the jail call a different way. Tell me. So, the jail call is Tori calling Kelsey. Yes. So, allegedly from what the court's saying, right, or what the prosecutors are saying, is... You and heard what, it, right? Yeah. And okay. then what also Kelsey said in her fir- or in her first deposition with the prosecutors, right? Mm-hmm. Tori threatened to shoot her and Tori shot Megan. Yeah. All right. So if somebody's calling me and they threatened to shoot me and they, they shot my best friend, because mm-hmm. at this time, Kelsey and Meg are still like best friends. Mm-hmm. Why she answered the phone. How calm was Kelsey through that whole thing? Here's what I, okay, here's what I'm going to say to that. In Kelsey's, uh, um, not defense, what she stated, I listened to the whole hour and a half. Mm -hmm. She said there was a friend of hers who used to call her at that time of the day who was also in prison. Sure. Who called her. So she answered it like, yo, what's good? I'm not worried about that, Kelsey. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. So so she says that. Uh She picks up the phone and she talks. Her calmness to me says, I ain't got nothing to worry about because I didn't do anything. That's the, that's not even a little bit of what I'm talking about. Tell me. Kelby, Tell I me. just threatened to shoot you, and I shot Sam. Yeah. Shot shot Sam in the foot. Doubt it. All right? And then... 
Sorry. 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 And then I call you. I call you. I call you and I'll be like, bruh, I'm so sorry about what happened. You're like, yeah, it happens. You know, Sam, Sam, Sam's in the hospital, all this kind of stuff. And I ask you to bail me out. Okay. Find a way to bail it. Find a way to get him bailed out. Yeah, but I'm asking the person that I just threatened to shoot mm-hmm. and I just shot your best friend. Here's here's a part that you're missing. They were sleeping with each other. It don't matter. It matters. No, no, no. That changed the dynamic of their Bruh, relationship. And then this is a talk. Like, then this relationship right here is crazy because it if is. you could shoot me and I could still ask you to bail me out. That's wild. You have to listen, though. Kelsey said the security, when Tori started popping off at Megan, she said the security was like, hey, man, they do this all the time. Sure, but but I also, in that, <laughs> Kelsey's also saying that I beat the shit out of her. Like, Tori beat the shit out of her. Yeah, but did you see the pictures that came out that she had a bunch of bruises on her body? Yeah. But what I'm saying is I just beat your ass, Kelby. Okay. And I shot Sam, and I threatened to shoot you. And then I call you. And I'm cool about it. You're cool. And not only that, I feel confident enough that you're going to help me get bailed out. What does alcohol play in this? Sure. But at the end of the day, this is what's being said. So that's the thing that's confusing. Am I saying that it, it, it's not possible? Absolutely. It, it probably happened that way because clearly Tori's going to jail and I'm not like, what? Like, uh, Tori's going to jail. Like, he, he, he had his day in court and it went the way that it went. And but what I'm saying, he, but what I'm saying is, for me, in my mindset, if somebody, me and my boy got into a fight, even when we're drunk, me and my boy got into a fight and he calls me, it's not just like, yeah, man, it's, all, it's like, man, what the fuck did you do last night? Like, there was none of that. Like, what the, bro, like, you were on some stupid shit. You fucking hit me, dude. Like, we're having this type of conversation. At the end of it, we could be cool and all this kind of stuff, but we still having a, we still talking about what happened. And the fact that there's no, like it's acting like nothing happened on that call, like I don't think that I could shoot one of my friends and then expect them to bail me or beat the beat like be in jail because I beat your ass and then call you <laughs> to be like, yo, can you bail me but get bailed out? You know what I mean? That's wild to me. So that's the part that that still hasn't been answered for me, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, this is what I'm, I'm a true believer in karma mm-hmm. and Tori doesn't seem like he's holding himself accountable. He's still acting like a wild boy in the street. The August Alcina stuff, all that kind of stuff. So eventually, you know, this is like a wake-up call for Tori. Yo, man, you gotta cool your ass You gotta tighten up. Look, the next beef I have is with Tori Lance. Mm. This guy goes to court. He says, here, uh, y'all gonna see in court the real story. They call him to the stand. He doesn't go. Yeah. The, the people on the, the jury, they're going to say, why are you not speaking in your own defense sure. if you didn't do it? Sure. That's because he probably was like, I don't know how to spin this story <laughs> yeah. the right way to make me seem uh, uh, innocent. Mm-hmm. So I will say I was surprised when I saw the Shade Room post, he was guilty on all, all accounts. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. what we heard was coming out of that court is is not this. But the fact that he didn't testify himself, I'm sorry, but that jail call to me, her being that calm, her being that calm said to me, I didn't do anything wrong. So, hey, man, what you got to say? You're the one in jail, not me. Right. 
and that was the night before everybody was drunk. We're all waking up. The cloud, the cloud over our head is now separating. We don't even know exactly what really happened. Right. So for her to be that calm to me said, Hey man, best of luck to you. And then, uh, I, I don't really know exactly why they're, they're not friends anymore. McKevin, Ke- Ke- uh, Kelsey and, and Megan. Mm-hmm. That to me is still a part of the story. I don't really understand. Right. Maybe it's because they were both sleeping with them. Whatever. To me, to me, it wasn't the jail call as much as her deposition. That so also played into that. It. That to me, because like even from the reports from you know the people that I was listening to, you know she comes out, she's like wants immunity, and then she straight out says I lied and all this kind of stuff. And I don't think she said she lied. No, no, no. She she did. I don't think she used those words. No, she used those words. It came when it didn't come from like academics and stuff. It came from the court reporters that were there. She said, "I lied." Yeah, I didn't tell the truth. In I, I didn't tell the whole truth in the thing, or I didn't tell the truth. I was just pressured to say that, or whatever it was. But, uh, her deposition didn't sound like somebody who didn't know what she was talking about. It was clear to the point. There was no like questioning all that kind of stuff whereas even the court reporters and all that kind of stuff were like she was all over the place like she was going back and forth about what she saw all that kind of stuff so i could see how that played a role like when i heard that and then the court like you said the court call the call in the from prison it's like i could see why the 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 court would the the juries the jurors would be like all right this looks more reasonable than a bunch of witnesses that are going all over the place yeah. kind of thing. You know? Right. Uh, I, I don't know if, if she necessarily said that she lied. I would have to look that up. But post post the verdict, I, I can definitely see why they would think that, despite what we heard and it's coming back our way or whatever. What I do have to say is the larger story, which is this is like a win for black women and yada, yada, yada. I don't want to minimize the fact that she spoke up and spoke out about the situation, but I do think it's very dangerous that we have to pick sides because people are the same race and or sex or gender as, as us. I, I think it's real dangerous to align this case with how people see black women so strongly only because we didn't initially believe her or because we just didn't believe her at all. Mm -hmm. Of course, we didn't have all the facts laid in front of us. So the only thing we can do is listen to your side, listen to his side, listen to other people's side, and then make a, make a, a a judgment on our own. Um, yeah, she shouldn't represent all black women. She should represent Megan the stop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I understand people trying to turn it into that, Mm -hmm. but when it's all said and done, that's very dangerous because no entity on earth always tells the truth. Sure. And chances are Megan probably doesn't know, really know the truth either only because they were all completely intoxicated. Right. So they're so blackout drunk. Apparently she had bottles of, yeah. of alcohol. I don't know, but that's what they say. Um, the story could be fuzzy, this, that, and the third, or maybe you're retelling of it. If people are saying that you're changing the story, maybe you're not remembering yeah. it well, and then that hits people a certain way, and then they're going to react to you not either saying the same thing or hiding or changing your story over time, and that's going to make it difficult for people to believe you. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen to you. Right. It just means that uh, uh, 
in public opinion it is different from maybe what the truth actually is. exactly you know and and that's why you hire really good lawyers who mm-hmm. speak well who can do who can craft words in the best possible way to represent you because sometimes you may represent yourself and be telling the truth but it doesn't come off authentic and it sucks that even public opinion should matter because at the end of the day like a crime if a crime happens the criminal should go to jail and you know the victim should be taken care of but the problem is this played out in the media too much mm-hmm. it was messy it was a messy it's a messy situation it i is. don't think megan should represent all black women i don't think tory lanes should represent all black men or all men or yeah. anything you know yeah. what i mean like at the end of the day these are individuals that are making choices and decisions for themselves clearly everybody needs therapy it seems like cuz like yeah. the way the situation was handled the way like like I don't know, like like I said, you don't understand certain things. I don't understand certain things. It's like this isn't how my friend group wor- works together and right. handles each other, right? And obviously, these guys make way more money. They have way more access to things, and it's a different world in Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, overall, overall, like uh, hopefully justice prevailed. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, I, jail is a very terrible place. You mm-hmm. know, I, I hope Tories. Okay, learns whatever lessons he needs to learn from this. You know, I'm sure Megan is going through some things as well to relive this whole thing. Pray for her and all this kind of stuff. And Kelsey, you know, hope that she's fine. And, you know, hopefully everybody can learn lessons from this and not go down the same path because clearly it was terrible what happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, luckily there was no deaths. Let's just put it that way. Um, I want to ask two, two more points about this. The point of her being shot... I feel like that's that that verbiage doesn't quite sit right with me only because I do believe that she was shot at mm-hmm. and for them to say that they're pulling out bullet fragments from her foot says to me like, okay, she got injured because so, you know, somebody shot a gun and the fragments of the gun, maybe it ricocheted off the ground or something, mm-hmm. and it hit her foot. Is that why he didn't get a crazier charge, like I just don't think attempted they could, murder? I don't think they could, yeah, I don't think they could prove attempted murder because they couldn't necessarily prove that he shot directly. The intention was there to shoot. To shoot her foot. Because they couldn't find anybody that could just straight out say, he pointed the gun at Megan's shot, like... Mm-hmm. They had a, the like, defense had a witness that said he was shooting in the air. Kelsey saying, "I never saw him shoot. I'm just everybody just alleged that he shot because he they saw him with a gun, yeah. but nobody necessarily saw him shoot. You know what I mean? So, I so does that make sense? What I'm saying, like her being shot and versus her being injured? Well, I think it just depends on it just depends on how you the level of onus you put on shot. Because being mm-hmm. shot could be anything. Like mm. being shot doesn't necessarily mean point blank. And this is the the gun guy right here. Like, mm-hmm. is it considered if like it ricochets and you get hit with fragments? Is that still considered being shot? In military, if you got hit like a ricochet shot, would you still be like, ah, I'm I shot? Mean, you're all still wounded. I mean, yeah, ricochets can kill. Um, would you? But would that? Would it? Would it be safe to be like I got? Sh-? Like if somebody said it was a ricochet shot and then they're talking to you hey what happened i got shot and then you find out it was a ricochet shot would that make you feel any different i think it's all just intent like if someone sniper shoots at you and it ricochets and hits you it's like it's still intent Mm -hmm. if he shot at the ground and kind of grazed her foot she got shrapnel like it's more negligence than intent 
So yeah, he still got shot. Okay. All right. Makes sense. All right. The last thing is the DA. So here in LA, we have this dude, um, Gascon, who is not in, he's, he's not in favor of putting people in prison for a very long time, especially black men. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I know he, he wrote a thingamajig on behalf of, of Megan to say, Hey, yo, you did a hero- heroic thing by speaking up and speaking out, but he's been letting a lot of people out of prison in the past couple of years since he's been elected. So does that mean something for Tory where it's just going to be like, Hey man, let's just give him a slap on the wrist a year or two, which I personally think he's probably going to get maybe like three years. And then in a year and a half, he's out anyways. But does that play into what's going on with Tory lanes and him sitting in prison? Well, one is, I don't think it's going to be just three years because the plea was a year and a day. That's it. The, like the plea, they gave him a, Hey, you could get out of this. You serve. Oh, he would have been out in six months. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he denied that. And he's like, nah, I'm going to try. Stupid. Trial. So if you don't take the plea, they have to make it like the trial has to be way worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be three. I think it's going to be like closer to minimum 10. Cause the maximum I think is 22 years or something like that. Yeah. But they could do it concurrent. Sure. But even if it's concurrent, it's going to be between five and 10 years. Three would be a little like three would be like oh well any, anybody would run the you know anybody would roll the dice if it's only going to be a couple more years than what the agreement would. Well, he should have taken that year because then the the real thing is him getting deported. That's the thing. So either way, he has a felony on his record and he's not going to be able to be in the U.S. anymore. You think they're taking him out? They got to. They got to. Yeah. I mean, you better hope for that. Canadian prisons. Whew. Canadian easy, prisons easy. is terrible. Easy. No, they're easy. No, 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 no. He's going no, to prison no, no, here. Not extradited. Oh. He's going to be deported once he gets After. out oh. because he, he, uh, he, there's no path for him to get citizenship anymore. What do you think uh, Canadian prisons are? Maple syrup? And yeah, it's easy. It's like, uh, have you seen Norwegian prisons? It's like, okay, you go to Ikea and then, not Sweden, sorry, Sweden. You go to Ikea, you get your soup. Well, we know they're more attractive because they have the sexiest accent in the world. Mm, that's something. Who, who Canadian Riz? <laughs> oh, you betcha. <laughs> or you betcha. Well, we'll see what happens to Tory Lanez. Like I said, I always believed that he did it, but I just didn't like the narrative of, hey, yo, man, we got to believe homegirl because she looks like us and sounds like us. Um, and and now he can't have his day in court. But when his day came, he didn't say a word. If I was him, I would have taken the day and the, uh, the year and a day. I would have been out in six months, made another mixtape. And I uh, nah, he would have been deported still. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's oh, a felony well. on your record. Well, um, do you know who's hiring? And they're paying up to $23 an hour. McDonald's. McDonald's. (laughs) Hey, y'all, thanks for listening to this podcast. We'll catch you next week. So long.